Welcome to the Navigating the Noise podcast. First-hand stories and winning ideas from marketing department leaders. And now, here's your host, Jerry Alaka. Hi there. Thanks for joining me on the Navigating the Noise podcast, brought to you by Connected Culture, a digital marketing agency obsessed with conversions. I'm your host, Jerry Alaka, and this is the only podcast to put the spotlight on the unsung heroes of the marketing department as we navigate the noise of modern marketing. Joining me today is Lori Frucht, the Director of Marketing at PEO Spectrum. Lori, welcome to the show. Thanks. Nice to be here. Lori, tell us a little about yourself. Sure. I'm the Director of Marketing at PEO Spectrum. Before that, I have experience. I worked in a law firm, a publishing company, and for um, a webinar company. For on a personal note, I have twins that just graduated from college. Uh, and uh, as a fun fact, I am certified zipline and rockwell instructor. Sounds good. So you work for PEO Spectrum. First, tell us what is a PEO? Sure. Well, uh, a PEO, uh, which stands for Professional Employer Organization, is um, it's a form of HR outsourcing for small businesses. And basically what they do, it's, it's a co-employment relationship. So they'll take over many of the tedious HR functions that small businesses just often don't have the time, the resources to do themselves, such as payroll, uh, benefits enrollment, employee onboarding. Um, they'll also handle compliance issues, which can get really complicated, uh, especially uh, in these times where, where many businesses have remote workers. Uh, they might have workers uh, who are now working in a different state or a different area from where the company is. So that brings in a whole new set of laws. Uh, but the biggest benefit for our clients is that these large PEOs will get them better benefits at better prices for their employees so, uh, and, and the employer. So uh, they'll, they'll get like a full range of like the Fortune 500 benefits that usually they wouldn't be able to afford and they'll get it at a better price uh, because they're getting it from a larger company. Now, it seems like there are certain small businesses that could be too small. There are certain companies that could be too large. Uh, what is your sweet spot in the PEO space? The sweet spot is probably between five and 150 employees. We've, we've gone larger than 150 employees, but the sweet spot would be 150. At some point, businesses usually often um, will just take it, uh, HR in-house when they get really large and they'll have their own full department and they'll have the, the resources to, to do it themselves. Uh, when you go smaller than five, uh, it just the, the administrative cost, it just doesn't usually pay. Uh, the one exception would be a company that's, ex uh, that's uh, expecting growth, like a startup that might have three employees now, but they, they're, on a, they're on a calendar where they expect to grow rapidly. So they can st start getting it in place now, knowing that, that it'll pay for itself. So I can't imagine you're the only company in this space. What makes you different from other PEO companies? Uh, well, we are the largest PEO broker and we've been doing it for about 12 years. Uh, we've had 9,000 customers and we've prepared over 27,000 quotes. Um, the things that sets us apart and gives value for our clients, um, we'll, we'll quote five to eight PEOs simultaneously for them. And we, we have a financial team that provides really detailed analysis. Um, it, we do line by line. We'll show them the savings and the different cost comparisons for every employee, for every line item. And for us, uh, and we'll also save them on average about 30% on their PEO costs. And um, probably the, one of the biggest benefits we also um, is that we'll stay with them um, throughout their PEO relationship. We'll help them escalate service issues. We'll offer them support that they need and we'll monitor their PEO relationship. So let's, let's talk about noise. 
What's the noise in uh, PEO marketing? For us, you know, and when we first started, I, I actually, when I started working for PEO Spectrum two years ago, I had never heard of a PEO. Um, so a, a lot of people just never heard of a PEO. So, um, you know, getting that quick explanation is not easy. Um, you know, it entails so much of HR. And then we're a broker for the PEO industry. So, um, so it's really hard to get that quick, sexy pitch to our clients, you know, to our leads. And then not every company is even a candidate for a PEO. So, so you know, someone may, may think it's a great thing, but it might not work for their company. The numbers might just not make sense. Um, so we, we really have two audiences. We have client customers that already use a PEO, but they want to shop for a new one and customers that never heard of a PEO. And obviously the customers that are currently using a PEO, they don't have to go through that learning curve. So they're um, the easier customer for us. They've already seen that it makes sense for their organization and they know what they're getting into, but it's a long sales process, especially for the new customer. How long of a sales process? If a customer wants to sign up right away and they know that, that it's for them and, and we find them a PEO that, that makes sense, you know, it could, it could take a few weeks, but we, we could, we've also had six months to a year, depending on uh, how, how quick they um, get back the, the information that we need and uh, make decisions, how many people in their organization need to sign off on things. So, um, you know, there's just a lot of moving parts. Typically in, uh, in companies where you have a very long sales cycle, you usually see a lot of content marketing over advertising driven methods. Uh, what, what's your marketing mix look like? Uh, well, we've been doing a lot of videos, so that's been a big thing we've been trying to do, especially educational videos that we'll email out to people that we put on, on our um, social media and on YouTube just to, to kind of get the information out there. Um, we've been doing webinars, and that's been a big, um, that's been very big for us. We do, especially for CPAs and HR professionals, those are usually our audience is the C-level, a finance person or an owner, a CEO, or an HR person. So um, doing these webinars has really helped us. We, we have like a 50 minute presentation, um, that's 5-0, 50 minute, and, and, and we give them the credits for their continuing education. And, and then we really give them the information they need to, to understand PEOs and, and decide if it's right for them. We've been doing a lot of social media advertising, email blasts, newsletters. We really are looking forward to in-person again. We, we really started the webinars. We were hoping to, to also go into companies and, and make presentations and, and trade shows. So we kind of miss all that. So that's something we're hoping to get back to real soon. Yeah, I think so. Everybody's looking forward to that. Yeah. So you, you used to work for a webinar company, right? Yes, yes. So how, do you, uh, how are you applying what you learned there to PEO Spectrum? Uh, well, really the whole, um, you know, doing these webinars and, and uh, giving the credit, the, the continuing education credit has really been something we've been able to get an audience to come to the webinars and, and give the information. So, yeah, I kind of, I kind of thought it was a great thing uh, because of my experience working in webinars in the past. Uh, I'll tell you, the, uh, the video strategy is a good one, especially with YouTube. YouTube is one of the few networks that will work for you. Meaning if you create, uh, you know, if you do keyword research and you find the best keyword uh, for that topic and you create a video that really answers that keyword fully and completely, uh, YouTube will find you an audience. Whereas like a Facebook or, you know, other networks, 
you know, it, it's pretty much, you know, you're in the newsfeed and then you're pretty much done within 24 hours. You're, you're, you know, you're, that's, that's the extent of your visibility. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, or if you're advertising, that's the extent of your right. vis- visibility. You stop the advertising, you stop the visibility, but YouTube, these videos can live on and on and on. YouTube will find people who have watched the video almost completely or completely, and it'll find other people like that and it'll show the video to them. So it's, it's really uh, quite an amazing platform. So I, I I love the way that uh, you know incorporating video into your uh, content marketing. Yeah, no, we're big fans of that. And you know, I said when you asked about noise that uh, that so many people haven't heard of a PEO. But um, on the flip side, when somebody comes to our videos because they're actually searching for a topic that's related to PEOs, they're a fantastic customer for us because it's such a niche area. So uh, yeah, that's it's been a great uh, resource for us. Great. So I I've realized that. Even though if, if you're not in the PEO marketing space or, you know, let's say you're in accounting or law or some other, uh, you know, some other type of marketing, I found that everybody can learn from each other. You know, no matter what industry they're in, they can pick up certain uh, tips or strategies and then apply them to uh, their industry. So how is your uh, PEO marketing, how is that different from other types of marketing? Um. I think, uh, well, there's a few things. For, uh, for one, it's um, it's a huge purchase. So uh, it affects every single person in the company. So even though we might be um, pitching our idea to the CFO or the CEO, uh, this is a huge purchase for them where it's going, you know, the paycheck comes from the PEO. They, they supply the benefits. They... They, they can do the onboarding, they do trainings. They, so, so it affects every single person in the, in the company. Mm. So it's a huge purchase. And... Um, there's also a lot of sensitive information that we need to gather when we get them all the quotes from the different PEOs. We need to get an employee census and we need the payroll information. So that's part of the, the, the um, you know, reluctance sometimes or, or, or the time, you know, that it takes a little longer. It's not just a quick, you know, I, I, I want this product and I'm going to sign up for it and get it the next, you know, the next day from Amazon. <laughs> and I can start to see why the sales process is so long. Right. You mentioned about events and everybody's looking forward to in-person events and maybe shaking hands. How has COVID uh, affected your communications? Uh, it's affected it in a few ways. First of all, we've got every uh, employee now very comfortable with Zoom meetings. So we've really been, uh, you know, creating, doing Zoom meetings, not just, actually not just with clients, but internally we were doing Zoom meetings for a while because we were home. We've been back in the office now. It's kind of also given an atmosphere where we can see clients, well, we, we deal with clients all over the country anyway, but we've gotten more comfortable kind of doing it face-to-face instead of over the phone now. We've been using Zoom uh, a lot. So that's been a, a really uh, a really great tool for us. The other thing, you know, I had said we were talking about webinars and we kind of really picked up doing more and more webinars and doing more online events because we can't do the in-person events yet. Mm-hmm. So that's been something that's been really a positive for us, those online events that we're going to continue doing, obviously, because they've been so great, but, you know, we're still looking forward to those in-person events. Is there anything you're doing about these webinars that might be a little different or, you know, just uh, out of the ordinary? The funny thing is we're doing this webinar and it's the same webinar. We're able to recycle information because it's a new audience every time. And even the HR versus the CPA, we change a few words and stuff, but it's really the same material. So it's, it's a very easy presentation for us to do over and over again. And we keep getting an audience. There's just a lot of interest in it. 
One thing I've found effective, especially with webinars, is to collect those email addresses. And this is something that a lot of marketers struggle with because, you know, they're renting an audience on Facebook or they're renting an audience on these different social platforms. And some are even fooled into thinking it's their audience when it's the platform's audience. But email you own. And, you know, if you do a webinar, people are registering for you. You can have that little checkbox that says, yes, you know, subscribe me. Uh, I found it's a great way to build a very qualified list that you own. Yeah, no, it's been great for us. And, and for our CPA webinars, especially, we've, we've been able to partner with companies that provide us audiences for that, too. So we've, we've actually been able to get even more than just our normal advertising and reaching out. So we all wish we had that crystal ball at look into the future. Can you give us some insight into what you see as the biggest potential challenges uh, facing your industry in the next few years? Well, for us, because uh, healthcare is such a large part of a PEO, um, there's always uh, that unknown element of what the future will be in healthcare. So right now, the industry is booming, you know, due to the fact that people care so much about their healthcare and, and savings, and, and that's really what PEOs do for them. We've been lucky, but but there's definitely that uncertainty always of what's to come. You know, every every new president, every new administration has their own what they're going to do with healthcare that's going to possibly totally change the field and and possibly privatize or pub, or or make public insurance. You know, we, it, it goes back and forth. So that's it's just that whole unknown with insurance. Yeah, and it's certainly changed a lot over the years. I think Obamacare was the start to significant changes. Uh, in right, and that was the first time we thought, "Oh, is the P- are we going to last?" You know, but but we did. We, we did. You know, people still had their their company health insurance. It's certainly not easy running a marketing department, especially nowadays. You had mentioned you worked for a publishing company, and I really think that marketing today is a publishing company. That's what a marketing department is nowadays. So how do you manage such a diverse set of skills, the creatives, the technicals, and, and everything in between? How do, you, how do you keep everybody engaged and, and you know, doing their best work? Well, uh, for me right now, currently, I, I'm a one-person marketing department. So I really learned to outsource what I can't do myself, sort of like what a PEO is I've been doing for marketing. So I, I work, you know, I, I'm not afraid to to reach out, to, to work with a designer, to work with somebody who can handle our email automations, to work with somebody who can do our social media when I have too many other things going on. And also just automating everything. <laughs> I've been, we're currently switching now to Marketo. So I'm getting everything set for that, but I'm a big fan of automating everything that can possibly be automated. Your team is essentially outsourced into different vendors, different specialties. Do you find it easier to, to manage a team that way or with uh, in-house people? Uh, you know, it's so different when, when you work with vendors, you really want to make sure that your voice and your company gets heard. And, and, you know, sometimes they have ideas that may sound great or they always think they know it. And sometimes they do, but sometimes they don't really know what's best for your company. So that's the trick with working, I think, with vendors, you know, and working with an in-house team, you really can, can, you know, can get everybody hopefully on board with what your message is and what your what you stand for. So sometimes it can be a little tricky to work with vendors. And I think that's something you want to look for when you are interviewing and, and assessing different vendors. You want to look for experience in that industry or just a, you know, a great process that goes really deep in understanding the, the nuances of, of your industry and your target audiences. And, exactly. And, uh, yeah. yeah. 
So we've been lucky. I mean, I, we do, we really interview and we, we really make sure to find vendors that, that we feel like speak to us and, and really understand what we're going for. So you've worked in large corporate marketing departments. You're right now, um, you know, like you said, an army of one with outsourced vendors, managing an outsourced team uh, of marketers. What do you think the challenges are in, in each type of scenario? And, and we've got, you know, our, audi our audience uh, runs the gamut from the, the solo marketer to, uh, you know, very large teams and very large organizations. So in the smaller departments, which I've been working at probably for the last 15 years, you know, some of the challenges I find is really learning how to stretch a budget uh, and to be the jack of all trades and basically, you know, get the work of a department done as, as either a single person or a very small team. And, you know, and like I said, part of that for me is, is, is trying to outsource or automate what I can. But I've also learned to be a designer. You know, I, I don't have an art background, but I'm designing things because that because we need things designed, you know, the next, you know, that day. You know, I've learned how to do PowerPoint. You know, I, I learned how to do all the things that maybe in a larger company uh, I wouldn't do. Uh, and, it, and it makes the job very interesting. On the flip side, when I've worked for large corporations, the marketing was so siloed. For example, in publishing, I worked for HarperCollins and I worked uh, on a catalog. And I didn't just work on all their catalogs. I worked on a specific catalog. It was their adult trade catalog. And that was me. I was the adult trade person. It was so siloed that I had no idea really what was going on in promotion or what was going on you know, to, to this side of me and in, in mm. the other catalogs. So, so it was almost like a tunnel where, where things can sometimes get so siloed and you just have your one job. <laughs> how do you counteract that? How do you, how do you solve that issue of being so siloed and, and not knowing what, uh, you know, other people and other departments are doing? And, you know, I think you want some kind of brand consistency, voice, tone, everything should be consistent across all, you know, all departments within a brand. So how do you, you know, any tips or strategies that you can share that uh, would help others in a similar situation? I mean, definitely communication, uh, you know, and really, uh, when I worked in HarperCons, uh, we were actually not allowed to do other things, you know, I mean, I mean it was so strict, and it, it became like a negative but, but in other companies I've worked for, there is a communication and, and there is sharing. And, and so even though it's a large company, uh, you, you, you know, you don't want to have too many meetings. Nobody likes meetings, but, you know, to have meetings once a week or once, every, you know, to just make sure everybody's on the same page and knows what's going on. And, and you know, and sometimes you do need to, to work together and collaborate different departments and, and, uh, and that can be a good thing. So. So you mentioned Zoom, and that's uh, one tool that I think everybody has experienced at this point, <laughs> uh, business or not. But are there any other tools that you're using now that you might not have used before, or you're using it now, and you're so glad that you put this in place? So yeah, we, we've been using a lot of different communication tools. Um, we've been using chat, Google chat, Microsoft Teams. We've also been been making adjustments to our Salesforce uh, to, to make it more automated and, and to... Uh, to send messages so that people know what's going on who may not be in the office. This show is all about helping marketing leaders learn from other marketing leaders. So what's your best advice for other marketing leaders like yourself? I mean, I'm just always trying to keep up with the industry, making sure I'm, I'm up to date on the latest. There's always a new platform, a new social media, a new idea, a, new, a better way to do things, a better way to automate. So just, just staying on top of it, keeping yourself educated and, and keeping up to date with the latest trends. I started back, like we said, in marketing, in uh, publishing, 
back when we actually used boards to do our ad work and art, uh, we'd, we'd walk around with boards and st- nothing was digital yet. So pretty much uh, all I do now is digital marketing, uh, none of which I learned in school. I, I basically learned it all in the field. Basically, yeah, keeping up with, with uh, every, everything because there's always something new. And, and uh, even from last year to this year, it's changed so much. We have new platforms, new uh, social medias like Clubhouse, new new uh, new company. There's always like 100 new companies that, that, that find a way to do things differently. What's been your most successful campaign to date? For us, um, well, as I had said, when, when a client's already used a PEO, they're our most successful customer. So what, the more information we have from them, we really try to create specific campaigns for what PEO they're using. We try to also, when we know their renewal date, send them specific um, emails that play upon that, such as, you know, it's almost time to renew, like, you know, like, let's start thinking about shopping the market again, you know, so, so really getting a targeted, you know, as targeted as we can with that audience. Uh, we've, we've also done emails based on the industry, not quite as successful, but, but you know, still, it's, it actually helped us discover which industries are the most successful. For us, the tech field is actually, was, was our most successful campaign when we broke it up by industry. So we know that's a really um, a good industry for us. And we learned that from an email campaign. <laughs> all right. So techies don't want to learn all about healthcare. They want to just outsource it. Right? Yeah, no. And, you know, tech companies also tend to have remote workers. They tend to be sometimes multi-state. And they tend to really be focused on tech and, and you know, <laughs> so, so it, it did make sense for us, for sure. <laughs> Before we wrap up, is there anything else you'd like to share? For me, a lot of my marketing experience, uh, especially in the past 15 years, has been for smaller companies that maybe had either had no marketing or very little marketing resources before I came. And so from that perspective, you know, I think the most important Thing for, for a company that's 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 small maybe is just really uh, having a plan, having a marketing plan, and and really uh, being able to track your marketing. That that's a really important thing that that I've worked with companies to make sure that we can really track the marketing, track how much is being spent, uh, what the return on investment for that is, and and really make sure that the marketing you're doing is making sense. So do you track uh, micro conversions, macro conversions? These are all tracked in uh, in what your Google Analytics. Yeah, I mean we're 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 using Salesforce. We're we're now switching to Marketo. We were using Pardot. Um, so uh, one of one of the things for us also is just that we have so many analytics. We have Google Analytics as well. Um, we have our LinkedIn and, and our Facebook analytics. So I'm trying to get everything in Marketo and 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 really uh, have one place. But uh, we have we have a lot of analytics. So. <laughs> In, in different spots. So that's, that's been a challenge uh, that, we're, that we're trying to resolve right now. Lori, how do you want people to contact you? I would love to connect with people on LinkedIn. You can find me there, Lori Frucht, or uh, if you just want to send me an email, it's lori at peospectrum.com. That sounds good. We'll put those links in the show notes as well as uh, maybe some blogs and resources as well. Lori, thanks so much for being on the show. Great. Thanks for having me. It was a real pleasure being here. Thanks so much for checking out Navigating the Noise podcast. 
Subscribe today by clicking the subscribe button or visit navigatingthenoise.com to subscribe via email. On our website, you can access the show notes, resources, and links from today's episode to help you take action on what was discussed. Also, you can ask Jerry questions that he may reply to on the show. Plus, if you're a leader in your marketing department and would like to be a guest, you can contact us through the site. It's really easy. Just visit navigatingthenoise.com to subscribe, watch episodes, ask Jerry anything, or to be a guest. Until next time, stay safe, navigate wisely.